All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. It is finally, and I mean finally, a Maple Leafs game day presented by Botano. It's time for the Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa. How are we doing on this Thursday, Rosie? We're good, man. It is a game day. I had to go back to look and say, what was the last game they played? And that feels like a while ago. Just put it this way. We're at a point in social media. The Leafs haven't played in so long since Saturday where people are openly and actively discussing a comparable of Zach Hyman and Austin Matthews. That's what I had to wake up to today. I don't know about you out there, but that's how I, I refresh my ex, my Twitter every morning when I wake up, and that's how I start my day. And the algorithm, it doesn't like me or something, but Zach Hyman, who plays routinely with Connor McDavid, I guess his value is worth the squeeze over an Austin Matthews. That's where we're at. I was going to say, you get Austin to set you up for three, and all of a sudden, or sorry, you get Connor to set you up for three, all of a sudden you're Austin Matthews. Hey, well... Maybe the Oilers will pay him uh, fourteen million or something. That would be a real smart move, and they'd be in the same position they've been for the last decade. No, the the conversation here, Rosie, is that people think Zach Hyman's better than Austin Matthews. Like they're 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 dunking on the Matthews contract because I guess some people in Leafs Nation again, everybody's got some cold takes. I'd be the first to admit that the cold takes were that that Hyman contract was was terrible that the Oilers signed him to, and he he's been very very valuable to that team. Yeah, I don't know. As, as soon as you start comparing Matthews and Hyman is where I stopped. <laughs> you lost me it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. I am very lost mm-hmm. on that front too. Hey, we got a new segment and we got a new oh. uh, new sponsor on the show. I heard that. It's kind of a cool one. A little different feel. 
Battlegrounds axing and uh, or axe throwing, excuse me. I already screw up the sponsor name. Battle axe, no battlegrounds axe throwing. There we go. Battlegrounds axe throwing. New sponsor. So bear with me. But I think this is a really good holiday idea with the family. Like head on out. Um, kids twelve and up can throw with a garden guardian. So I mean, it's fun for all family. I mean, you can have a beverage with that too, and got some great great specials on right now too. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's one of those things like, what are we going to do for fun? What are we going to go on a date and do? What are you going to take the yeah. missus out for? What are we going to take the kids out? Like, what are, you, what are you supposed to do? Go to Chuck E. Cheese? But these cool new things like this uh, makes it fun. I haven't done the axe throwing, but I've, I know a lot of people that have. And like you say, you sit back, you have some laughs, you got some TVs going, you're chucking axes, keeping score, see who's good, who's not, throw a couple bucks on it, ends up being a blast of a night. I've never heard anyone go to any of those that didn't have a blast, so maybe check it out. You can book your holiday party now, snag exclusive Boxing Day and Break Week rates. Uh, to find a location and book your event, go to battlegrounds.com. Uh, battlegrounds.com is where you can find out. Again, battle axe throwing. Welcome to the party. Least warning take. We're taking off just like that. Ryan O'Reilly, we uh, we sat down with him yesterday ahead of his revenge game, returning to Scotiabank Arena on Saturday. That's coming up, Rosie, in about 20 from now. Yeah, we had a good sit down with Riles. He's looking cozy down in Nashville. He is handsome we- as fuck, man. Handsome Nixon. as fuck. It's a good looking family. It's a good looking oh. family, top to bottom. <laughs> but his kids were in the background making some noise, too. Uh, I think he was doing some parenting, maybe, uh, maybe some babysitting. I don't know. It sounded like there was about seven of them in the background, but uh, a good interview nonetheless. And uh, yeah, we kind of picked his brain about his uh, time with the Maple Leafs. Tell you something, though, folks listening and watching like we're 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 trying to get after things here on the podcast. So the least you can do is help us out. Right. Like at the least nation 401. If you haven't subscribed, if you are subscribed, hammer that like button, leave us a comment. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast as well, just by searching Least Morning Take. Maybe leave us a review, a five-star. That would really help us, right? Like, we're, we're going above and beyond. Like, we're setting up revenge game narratives now. We've had Luke Shen on, like, 17 times, too. He's coming up tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Well, if people know how it works, I mean, when you like stuff, when you watch it, when you algorithm. subscribe to it, the algorithm keeps pumping it out to like-minded people, to yourselves. If you want to see more of us, if you want to see us doing live shows in Toronto, if you want to see us flying around to the All-Star Game, doing all these different things, that's where all that comes from is getting clicks and getting subscribes and getting likes. So share it with your friends. If you think someone would like the show, send it to them. Send them a clip. Tell them to subscribe. Away we go. Got another ask as well, to be honest. I'm asking for a lot this holiday season. I don't think I am, but if you're looking for a gift idea or like a, a stocking stuffer too, right? Like well, you're in luck. I mean, Nation Gear, where else would you go? Uh, order by December 10th. So you got a couple of days to receive your Nation Gear before the holidays. Visit nationgear.ca to check out our latest collections. I think it's a really good uh, gift idea too. It is. They got good gear. Go to the site, pull the trigger. You'll get it before Christmas. Enjoy. Love it. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's NATION25, uppercase. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So we expected this news, Rosie, but uh, the lease made it official yesterday. John Klingberg... This is the last you've seen of John Klingberg wearing Maple Leafs uniform. It lasted, what, like 14 games? He's going to undergo season-ending hip surgery at the end of December. 
it will require a five to six month recovery. And I think the curious conversation here, and we did have this a couple of weeks back, everybody who's been exiled to Robita Island has yet to play a game, Matt Murray included. So I wonder what this means for the future of John Klingberg. Oh, I don't know, but it doesn't uh, doesn't involve the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll tell you that his his season's done. He's on a one year contract, and he will not be re-signed to come back. And you know, as personally for 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 John, of course, that's that's sad. You never want to see it. All the rest of the things, but as a Maple Leaf from a Maple Leaf standpoint, you know, it feels like you get a redo on 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 this signing. It feels like you get a redo on this contract, and um, you know, when you go. And look at the long-term IR uh, money and players that's sitting there right now. The only one that really stings is Muzzin right now. Like, how nice would it be to have him? Oh. We lost him early in the season last year. Um, you know, neck, head type of injuries. He's not messing around with it. Uh, it's just, it was over the top for him to keep playing in the NHL. And we lost him and that stung and it still stings to this day. But as far as Murray and Klinger being on there, it's almost like we get kind of a redo on those signings, which... I don't think Klinger was working out. Uh, you know, there's too many holes in his game defensively to to say that he was the guy that we wanted to get in free agency. And, you know, offensive-minded, great. Again, that's not really our problem. It would be nice to have a stud D-man who can clean up the defensive zone and clean up our area, get the puck out of there, keep it out of our net. And we need a guy like that. So to free up that four-plus is is kind of nice and the only thing it's going to cost us is the amount of games it takes to go find a guy and make a deal so we'll see what uh, happens but when you're against the cap it it never hurts to to take someone off the books that's kind of crunching up some of your cap handshake line respect writes in no chance for playoffs for him imagine that storyline of john klingberg somehow is ready to go because there's no cap in the playoffs he comes back and he wins the con smythe trophy The cons might shit. It'd be awesome, man. Like uh, if he's ready to go, have him, have him practiced up and ready. And if shit hits the fan, you chuck him in there. He's not a guy, not a bad guy to have in your back pocket for free, but uh, not really a storyline where we're putting our money on. I get the feel like this is almost like a Matt Murray on crutches opening night where this is like the last you see or hear from this guy. You you're never hearing from John Klingberg in Toronto again. I'm sorry. Like it just, it doesn't have that feel where like five, six months from now, he comes back from this hip surgery and round two of the playoffs. It doesn't have that feel. No, it doesn't. It's <laughs> I, I, like I said, I don't think his future involves the Toronto Maple Leafs. I hope his, infu- his future involves playing in the NHL. I hope he gets, you know, he's in this organization, so he's going to get the best treatment in the world. True. Uh, he'll be getting the recovery all taken care of. He's going to have, you know, he couldn't be in a better place as far as um, doing what's necessary for his body in order to get healthy again to play in the NHL. So that's a good thing for him. And I just hope it goes well and he continues on his NHL career and has a resurgence. But I just don't believe it'll be with the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. So 4.15 cap hit. Uh, it'll stay on LTIR for the remainder of the season, freeing up money to lead, for the Leafs to go de-hunting. There's this overwhelming narrative in this market that there is a rush that Toronto has on to trying to find, find a defenseman or two, but what's the rush? I mean, I understand this team hasn't been great, but I think the track record has shown in recent memory, they can be fine with losing defensemen. I don't think there needs to be a rush. And I think reading in between the lines of what Brad tree living said in his various stops yesterday, I just don't think it's going to be a quick fix. Like I don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon. It's more so about buyers and sellers like outside of Chicago, San Jose, 
who's really who who's really thrown thrown in the towel for the season, right? Like, I mean, there's not many teams out there looking to make a trade right now. Calgary, you can have that conversation, but again, um, I don't think they're hard pressed to make a deal right now either. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like there's uh, your hair's on fire, big. Would rush, you be in a rush to do something right now, though? If you had the option of getting a stud D-man now or at the deadline, I would say now. Yeah, Easily. but my thinking is you're probably paying a premium now than you would closer to the deadline. Obviously, I mean, it's hard to predict something like that. But I think if you're getting more games for a rental, assuming it's a rental they're going after, you're going to pay more now than you would two months from now, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. It, also, when the rush comes, I mean, why would... If a team's going to unload a D-man, why would they wait until the until the deadline? Because there's going to be more activity, more guys sure. putting their hands up, more bidders, so the price could go up on a guy. But yeah, like you say, I mean, I I think Tree Living would like to pull a trigger today if the if it came across yeah. his table that I want this, let's get this going, let's get him into the system, let's get him gelling with the teammates, let's get these guys together as soon as possible. And I mean, these points are still important and they do mean something. So we we do want to make our team as good as possible right now. But it's just a matter of, you know, our teams with that specific thing, a stud D man who can really help your team out defensively. Those are those are high value products and no one's going to give it away for nothing. And like you say, it's got to be a team who decides what are we doing? And usually when you make that decision about what your future is, are you selling? Are you looking for prospects? Are you making a run? Do you need a rental? Are you unloading someone for a rental? That all happens at the deadline. So I mean, as much as I think it would be nice to have a guy like right now, uh, it, chances are that's that deal might not get done until the deadline, unfortunately. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, depending on what the deal looks like, you know, it could be it could be a situation where the the team that's giving our us a D-man and receiving something in return, they want that now as well. It's kind of the only way a, a deal is going to get done now. But, yeah, there's a reason you don't see a million trades at this point in the year compared to the deadline. I heard some rumblings yesterday. You want to hear them? Sure. Supposedly, uh, David Camp's name's out there. I don't know if oh. it's going to happen, but I think they're open to, to dealing David Camp, which makes a lot of sense. But it also goes back to, like, why in the hell did you give him that contract? The, the same conversation for Sam Lafferty. It's like, if you're trying to rectify mistakes you made three months ago now, like, it's scary. But uh, I think it's quite clear the Leafs are trying to create any cap space they can ahead of the deadline here. And so how much of a bump did camp get from last year to this year? I, uh, I'm looking right now. Bear with me. Anybody in the chat, you want to chime in? I forget what the contract was. I'm looking it up right now. But it seems like, is it just, I think we talked about this yesterday. What's that? 2.4 a year. He's got two more after this one. Yeah. And I mean, last year I was high on David camp just because he's one of those guys that doesn't cost you a ton. Um, He's reliable. He's that kind of unsung hero. Take the big face-offs. Be defensively sound. You never, you never notice him as screwing up out there, making the big blunder. He was just solid and reliable, which is very valuable, especially on this team. And now it's like, it is that two sides of the coin. Is it you expect more from him because he's got that contract, or is he not, or is he playing worse than last year? And you know, we could crunch his numbers and look, but really the eye test is for me. And I don't know. I think he's probably taken a little bit of heat because of the contract and people's expectations are higher which I never really feel is totally fair. Like he is what yeah. he is. You liked him. You want to keep him. So here's a contract. This is what you need to get to keep him or someone else is going to sign him. So it's, it's kind of the two sides of the coin, but uh, 
if someone's wanting a guy like him and needs a guy like him and is wanting to take his contract on and and give you something valuable in return, rock on. I mean, you got to put pieces into the into the basket to get anything back, and nothing's free. Dave writes in, uh, Camp is an important player. He just makes a bit too much right now, and it's my mistake. He has three years left. He signed a four-year deal, $9.6 bucks. And the first three years of the deal, by the way, he has a modified no-trade clause. Like That's where we're at, 2023. And David Kempf has a modified 10-team no-trade list. Like That's insane yeah. to me. And I guess the big conversation here is like, how can you pay your fourth-line center $2.4 bucks? I don't think cap certainty is the worst thing in the world. Do I think David Kempf has been good to start this year? No, I, I don't. But he's the type of guy who I want in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I'm right there with you. He's reliable. And I think along those lines, the cap is going up. So while people are bitching and complaining... $2.4 million for a fourth-line center in a couple of years from now, that, that won't look that bad at all. And I think he has the ability to elevate. I, I think he's a big-game player. I know it's tough to say with this team, but I, I've liked what I've seen from David Kampf in pressure cooker situations. Yeah, I agree. Like, I was high on him last year. Now he's taken a lot of knocks, and I haven't been you know, watching the games live and and verbally knocking him down going, what is he doing out there? I think some of that's expectations and, sure. you know, two point something a year when you're looking at 86, I mean, exactly. There's only four centers. It's not, it's not that high. Um, like you say, he's stood up in the playoffs. He's reliable. You, you use him to use the, to make that big face off. He's just not making big mistakes out there. Like one of Klingberg's, you know, Knox was like, Jesus, yeah, he's got this upside and stuff, but my God, like, are the positives outweighing the negatives? Like, he makes these big mistakes and he looks lost out there and he's spinning around in the D zone. It's like, shit, that's just, that's just too detrimental to the team, especially in the playoffs to have that out there. It's just like Swiss cheese, like something's going to get through that hole eventually where camp doesn't really seem to have that. I mean, he's not going to score you 40. He's not going to be the guy that plays 25 minutes, understandably, but like you say, he is what he is. He's what we want. Hence why he got that contract. He's proven that he can be reliable and solid when you need him. And he has risen up to the occasion when, uh, when you need him and the going gets tough, he can step up and be that guy as well. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really agree with the heat. He's taken. Do you think there'll ever be a season where there isn't that like whipping boy on the blue line? Like last year was Justin Hall. This year was John Klingberg. Like who's it going to be next year? I don't know. Hopefully not like Brody or McKay. There's a guy every year, though. There's a guy every year, right? Yeah, there seems to be. But I mean, Hall last year, rightfully friggin' so. It was just shocking how that guy, they're scratching guys all around him. He's just like he had this, it's just like he had this uh, unpenetrable, you know, invincibility cloak. It's literally, it's like, what the hell? Like, who is this guy? And why does, (laughs) why does he get this? He's making the blunders he would make, the minuses he would take and the flat out puck in the back of the net that was straight off of his stick completely on him was shocking. He was never talking about, he was never scratched. His minutes never went down. He was always out there in key situations where I, my mind was blown on hall last year. And I made that vocal and Klingberg didn't really get a chance to get his feet off the ground this year. Now we don't even have to worry about it. We're we're in the market to look for something else. And it, like I said, we get a little bit of a redo on his contract. But yeah, I don't know. As far as whipping boys, until the defense is shored up and it's one of the strengths of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're always going to have someone to whip because when they're defensively unsound, you're going to look around and point your finger at the reasons why. 
this dates back to like Larry Murphy, man. This is going a far way. And even before Hull, it was a guy named Marty Marinchin who admittedly I used to rip on, on my broadcast all the time. And probably the reason why I'm not doing the Leafs pre post and intermission anymore. I just, I did not understand specifically Mike Babcock was fucking in love with Martin Marinchin, dude. The, the, he would roll him out in every scenario, killing penalties like late in the game. And the guy, like my eye test, and I know analytics is a big part of this era. My eye test just, it did not check out on Marty Marincin. There's a reason why Marty Marincin never played in the NHL again after his tour in Toronto. We'll say that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes coaches just get these hard-ons for yeah, a certain player and no one else can see it. No one else can figure it out. And they just have this relationship where it's just his go-to guy and like a little teacher's pet and everyone else is just disgusted by it. That happens sometimes. Why? I don't know. But yeah, like you say, he never played again. So obviously it wasn't uh, anyone else that was feeling that high on him. We could start a podcast, like a whipping boy podcast and just have guests who used to be whipping boys for the Leafs. We'll have Frankie Corrado as our first guest. We'll have Cody Cece. Actually, Frankie wasn't even a whipping boy. Babcock just didn't like him. Cody Cece was a guy who was whipped in Toronto. I don't know, man. It's a constant conversation for the last like 20 years. There always is a guy on the back end that people just hate. Like they hate to love or they love to hate. Well, it's a tough position. You can get exposed. I was a defenseman. And if you're having an off night, man, the spotlight's on you big time. And when you're having an on night, not a whole lot of praise gets sent your way because you look at the stat sheet and there's not a lot going on on it. But uh, when you're doing your job in your zone as a defenseman, it's so high value and it's pretty thankless as well. Um, You know, as a goaltender, you're the last line of defense. You make a mistake, it's in the back of your net. But when you're playing hot, I mean, you're the first star. Everyone's giving you the game puck. You get all the interviews and shit like that. The goaltender gets the high praise, no doubt about it. Defensemen are definitely the unsung hero. And I think it's one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult position to play. It takes a long time to learn different systems, different adjustments. You're relying on your partner to cover your holes. You got to have that yin and yang with your with your D partner. It's It's very difficult when you're playing bad spotlights on you you can be the whipping boy when you're playing good there's not a whole lot of praise coming your way it's just expected and and you don't really shine out and be noticed all that much so difficult position no doubt justin young adds uh, nikita zaitsev's name to the conversation warrior womp talks about uh, marinchin's career milestone being a breakaway goal a goal against the vancouver canucks and i remember that one vividly mr d less than 10 percent of people here hit the like button hit it peeps i could not agree more at the leafs nation 401 Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment, a review, anything to help out the podcast. So we got Ryan O'Reilly coming up in about 10 minutes. We have Luke Shen on tomorrow's podcast. We got Jason Blake coming up next week. Uh, former Islanders, great. Former Anaheim Duck. We got your old teammate, Jason Blake, coming up too. The Lab Rat. I love it. I don't know if he likes that nickname or not. I don't but, think he uh, does. I would not lead with that interview saying, hey, we have the Lab Rat on today. Hey, Jason, how are <laughs> okay, you? Maybe not. Maybe not then. But uh, interesting character, Blakey. He was a seasoned veteran when uh, <laughs> when I played with him. And yeah, he was always worth a holy smoke, shake your head and chuckle at, at his antics and attitudes and comments and everything else. It's an interesting character. It'll be fun to talk to him now and see how he is. It's funny. I had to write back and be like, sorry, man, I didn't realize you played with Rosie because like I just asked him initially. I didn't tell you. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm getting Jason Blake. And you're like, oh, I played with him. I'm like, like, what era did Rosie play hockey? And I felt like you were a Leaf for like 10 years, but it was like two and a half minutes. <laughs> no, it was like three. It was like three years with some up and downs, man. But uh, yeah, some people some people covered the roster during that time, apparently. And 
no, played with some uh, interesting guys. When we were talking about D-Man and stuff like that, Thomas Caverley, like pretty legendary Leaf, played with him for pretty much the whole time. It'd be fun to have him on. He well, was, weird, because I texted Cabby and just ghosted. Didn't want to be on here with you. Maybe I'll see if I can uh, finagle my way in there. But funniest okay. thing about him, man, is his his uh, his stick was like the length of a golf club, man. Like <laughs> it was at his waist. Go watch anything Thomas, Thomas Caberlet and look at his stick. His hand is at the end of his at the end of his knob and his elbow's not bent and his way down by his waist. And he just like stick had a little mini stick around in the NHL. It was insane. Usually defensemen have extraordinarily long sticks to have that poke check. but. He just handled the puck up on the point like that with the shortest stick I've ever seen. It was wild. Go check it out and look at a picture of him or a video if you uh, if you didn't notice that yourself. Maybe it's an interview we do, just thinking off the top of my head, maybe it's an interview we do at All-Star Weekend with Caberly at his restaurant here in Toronto. Have you been to that restaurant? I have not. I would love He's got that. an Italian restaurant. He's got an Italian restaurant. Maybe that's something we work on where we do like an exclusive interview with Thomas Caberly, but we go to his restaurant and do it. I'm going to think about that. It's a good idea. Get a free plate of bolognese and you can go be that paisan, man. You can go speak your native tongue of the motherland. Yes, because that's how all Italians talk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so maybe that's an idea. I would love to interview Thomas Caberlet. We've reached out. And in fact, last year, I think Schenner was telling us that he lived across the street from Cabby, right? He said in the yeah, interview. Yeah, Schenner knows him good. I'll tell, I'll tell Schenner, text Cabby, say, why are you icing my boy? Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. We're the fastest, hottest, least podcast in the world right now. Just pump our jets a bit here. Uh, Wendy's is pumping our jets for sure. They're letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Sign up to play the Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool to win weekly prizes like the new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to play today. So the second installment of the Battle of Ontario, the Leafs eight points up on the Sens. The Leafs haven't played since Saturday. And uh, do you remember what happened on November 8th, Rosie? Uh, yes, but I want you to tell everybody. So a 6-3 win for Ottawa. Who scored that night? Your boy, Claude Giroux. We're going to hammer that tonight again, oh, uh, setting up that. and teeing up the Botano wrap-up coming up at about 15 or so. Giroux always scores against the Leafs. But that night, the Sens scored three unanswered goals in the third period, man. I, I for the for the life of me, I just want to see a regulation victory. I'll take any win. I, I have no clue which Leafs team is going to show up tonight, man. Dude, I was looking back at their schedule, and it's like five out of the last six maybe went to overtime. Like, That's the bet, yeah. isn't it? That's the oh, bet. Dude, the bet is hitting the Edmonton Oilers over. That might be that might be done now that Skinner's playing well. But the Oilers over has just made money Rushed. out the ass. And then the Leafs overtime man, like you're you're picking overtime, you're getting like plus three fifty, huge odds, and they are just walking it into overtime lately. So I don't know if that trend continues. There's money to be made. Maybe that is our final segment of the day. I guess it's up to you, right? Because the uh, the pesky Penguins lost again. Yeah, I've been on fire. That's three for three this week. I was all over Tampa last night. I got a couple plays in mind for that game. So, by the way, it looks like Ryan Reeves is going to stay in the lineup. Uh, I know the analytics community is not happy about that. Apparently, Bob McMahon's going to be an all-star in this league. That's what I'm hearing, at least. Him and Alex Steves. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't really care, man. <laughs> he's, he's there for a reason. Mix him in. You think you... I mean... I don't know, to get upset about who's the fourth line winger. It's Toronto, though. It's Toronto. Like, people are getting upset about fucking David Kampf. We've we've been hitting this drum since we started this show. It doesn't matter about these guys. 
Is Austin Matthews going to be there when it matters? Is Tavares going to be there? Is Nylander going to be there? Is Marner going to be there? Is Riley going to be there? That is the defining sort of crew, the core four, five, whatever the fuck you want to call them. If they don't show up, you ain't beating anybody. I'm sorry. Well, and I think it's, to me, it's it's those guys, absolutely. Then it's the depth up front, like Bertuzzi and Domi. If you play your best games, do you know how well-rounded that forward line is? Do you know how how nicely you could just roll the lines? Do you know how how like impossible it would be to line match against anyone. Cause like who the hell are they throwing out now? Like I, I don't even have anyone to compete with this. If those guys are all on their game, but I want those guys to step up so that we have that depth in the lineup and you know, they're there, they're capable. I th- I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think they were good signings. It's difficult to play in Toronto. I get it. I want those guys to pick themselves up, pick their games up a little bit for sure. But it's just the back end to me. Like those forwards are going to do their thing. That back end, if you can just if you can just rely on them to to make that one play and not have that one breakdown and have that odd man rush where the forwards screw it up thinking too offensively and they break that down and get it back into the neutral zone, like just I'm just salivating over how good this team could be. But I just want to shore up those holes and I want those depth pieces on the front to play and elevate their game to the capabilities that they have and that they were signed for. And then this team, then this team is looking kind of unstoppable, but we're not yeah. there yet, that's for sure. Yeah, I guess to to clear it up a bit, like these guys matter in an 82 game slate because it can't be the big boys every night. But what I'm saying is when when the season's on the line, like I'm not going to be talking about David Camp with all due respect. I'm not going to be talking about Bobby McMahon, Alex Steves, uh, Nikki Robertson. Like to me, everything hangs on those guys. You want to pay the money? That's great. You want all that coin? Do something. Do something when it matters. To an extent, they did it against Tampa. Florida was a different story. And that's the conversation, again, we're going to have. Spoiler alert. Next spring, we're going to talk about the big boys. Do they show up? Do they not? But again, that is the rigors of an 82-game slate. You can't have it every night. You need guys like Camp and others to step up, right? 
Yeah, for sure you do. And and you want to have that depth and not put the pressure on those big boys to have to score four or five every single game. That's just not feasible. But absolutely, like, it, it's what you do in those playoffs. Like, think today, you don't think those points matter in the regular season. Do you want to face Boston first round with them firing on all cylinders and being a complete lesson learned from last year, what happened, what Florida did to them in the first round. They're aware now that that's possible. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how everyone's stroking their ego. They don't take anything for granted. And they just come into the first round snorting snot ready to rock. My God, that's like, God, you know, we we need everyone to keep chipping points away, get us as high in the standings as we can play someone that hasn't had as good of an A2 game slate as we have. You know, that's what you want. That is important. I'm sorry to say, but, we can't sit here for six months and talk about how no games matter. And then we're looking at the Boston Bruins like, fuck, what? Like, geez, we could have been facing X, Y, or Z if we just, you know, had ourselves a little more consistency in the regular season. Oh, now you want to talk about playoff opponents. Yeah, sure. You don't think it matters. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, fucking, it matters. There's I've seen this fucking team lose to everybody and their mother. I watched them. I witnessed them lose to the Montreal Canadiens. They fucking puked all over themselves. They no, you haven't because you've never seen this team play a playoff series. Dude, they lose to everybody. I couldn't care. They could play the fucking Montreal Canadiens, the vintage Montreal Canadiens. They can beat anybody. They're that talented. I honestly, weirdly enough, I don't care who they play. Give me Tampa. Give me Detroit. Give me Boston. It doesn't matter. They should be able to beat anybody. They're that good. They're that talented. They should be able to be. They should be able to do a lot of things. But in reality, when you are playing somebody, who do you want to play? And I want to play the team that won the least amount of games possible Dude. in the regular season. You're so that playing we have with fire. You're playing with fire. Winning. Huh? Like this seems not a position to call their shot. What does it matter? I just said how it matters. It matters is that you're going to play in the first round. What are your what is your percentage chances of winning? We have a better chance of of beating Buffalo than we do beating Boston. That's what matters. So so how did how did Boston react last year when they got Florida in the first round? And guess how they're going to react this year when they've learned that lesson. Yeah, well, so you call them Boston to win the cup now or what? <laughs> I never said that. No, I'm saying that. like this is a a healthy conversation, but all I'm saying there's so much parity in this league. I'm at a point where I really don't care who they play. Like, I think you should be able to beat any team. And I think this team is talented enough to beat any team on any given night in a series. That's it. Yeah. And I agree with that. But uh, I mean, you should be able to beat everyone in the division. Yes. And they've proven they can beat these teams. That's fine. But if you're going into a seven game series, I would prefer not to play the hottest shit in the universe who just won the president's trophy, who got their ass handed to them last year, who've learned a major lesson, who's totally matured since last season. And it's like they're ready to rock and they've got their hearts broken. Now they're ready to win the Stanley Cup. Rather not run into that from a percentage of likelihood of winning. On the flip side, like you say, say they do take down a Boston and those guys have their shit all in a in a twine for the playoffs and you take them down. Yeah, what a wicked boost going into the second round. Sure, but I'm just playing the statistics and the odds here, man. I want to play the team. Well, you're stats guy now. You're Most stats guy now. Be beat, <laughs> apparently. You're stats guy now. Buddy, you're the one saying that it doesn't <laughs> matter who you play at all. I don't think any team in the league is saying, doesn't matter if we play the number one team in the world Tampa or is. the 16th fucking team in the thing. It's all the same to us. Like, there is... I know there's parody. Anyone can beat anybody, 
But yeah. from a percentage wise, who do you want to play? So you're okay. Let's get. I give you the chance. I give you the option to play. You play the wild card team, or you play the number one team, Boston. Who you, you doesn't matter to me. You pick. That's your stance. Okay, I would take the wild card team. But what's your point? That it matters who you play because you're better chance of beating that team. Yeah, but all I'm saying to back that up is that the Leafs have lost to different an array of different teams. Like it hasn't yes, mattered other, who they play. Other Leafs team has other other players with that jersey on. Yes, I know that you think it's all the same, but this team's never even been in the playoff series. All different before. team. Okay, so it's not the same nucleus, guys. You continue to lose. By the way, and I know it's wrong to look at the standings on December seventh, but the Leafs are occupying the second wild card spot right now, which means. They would take on the New York Rangers, I believe, right now. You like that matchup? Yeah, it's different. I like it. Why not? I just don't like how they're occupying the second wildcard goddamn team. We're talking about this team, like, making a push to win the Stanley Cup. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, where yeah. are, like, these these points don't matter? You keep fucking thinking that in that locker room. You're not going to make the goddamn playoffs. How big of a nightmare would that be? You want to talk about cool. something to bitch about next year? blow that shit up it would be a nightmare and they're sitting there looking at it and everyone's acting like no nah, they're so goddamn good well frick you better make <laughs> these do matter these points matter the standings matter get it going every every game every point matters man it comes down to the the last little inch and you want to be fighting for your life or do you want to give giordano some some rest coming down the stretch going into the playoffs <laughs> good luck if you're sitting in the fourth wild card place to have any bit of rest and uh you know, leisure coming down the last week or two of the season. It just shows you how tough it is. Now Toronto's got five games in hand on Tampa. This schedule is ridiculous, but they got five yeah. games in hand on Tampa. They're one point back, but the least right now are one point out of missing the playoffs completely. But again, it's tough to look at the, uh, you know, the schedule first and foremost and the standings, but certainly a, a healthy debate. And we'll have that debate moving forward. I'm sure into the springtime when the Leafs sort of lodge themselves in somewhere, but ideally I, I, I don't see them taking Boston at number one, but I, I want to see them at least with home ice advantage in the first round. I think to set up home ice in game seven, if you have to play that game, I think is integral. Uh, but nevertheless, the following interview, Rosie, is brought to you by Sober Carpenter. Hold the alcohol, keep the flavor, enjoy a range of non-alcoholic beers so good that you'll think it's the real thing. Look for Sober Carpenter at Sobeys, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro, Farm Boy, and other retailers today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what was your impression of interviewing Ryan O'Reilly yesterday? Oh, his reputation precedes him, man. Just a, a solid down-to-earth guy. I don't. I really doubt anyone who's ever played with this guy did not really, really like him. He's top-to-bottom solid, and you'll probably get a sense of that in this interview. Let's uh, let's play it now. First and foremost, uh, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for making some time out of your busy slate to join us today. Uh, how are you liking Nashville so far? Uh, it's been awesome. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, uh, you know, obviously, I think everyone else is a sweet town, but, uh, you know, the areas outside, uh, the area we live in, Green Hills, it's super easy. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're loving it down here. Riles, just uh, wanted to get your opinion on, you know, the perceived perception of playing in Toronto, being in that market, and then the reality that it was once he got there and, and became part of the Maple Leafs. What was that like for you at the end of the day? Um, it, was, it was, I think, something, you know, so special, especially being an Ontario kid growing up, uh, you know, everything is Leafs. And then, you know, he finally... Um, you know, I think it too. And just, it's be, you know, Toronto is hockey's team. You know, it's one, I think has the biggest fan base. It's talked about the most. Um, 
um, you know, I, you know, hear from all my buddies every year, you know, what's right, what's wrong with the team and everything. And then getting a chance to play there was, uh, was incredible. And obviously you feel that pressure of it, but, uh, yeah, it's super, you know, super special to, to have that opportunity and, and really enjoyed it. Was the whole story, Ryan, about you preferring to fly under the radar blown out of proportion a bit? Oh yeah. And I think that's, <laughs> I think one of the things about obviously Toronto and just the media, I think every time you say something so analyzed and such, but uh, you know, there's so many things that went into that decision. Um, uh, you know, I think Toronto's a place too, when things don't go well, it's easy to kind of get buried. And um, you know, for the point of my career, I think, uh, you know, I have a lot left and I think I want to be in kind of a, kind of a bigger role and, and kind of seeing, um, be able to have more impact and really uh, do something. I think, you know, in Nashville is that place. And so I was able to work, um, you know, I was able to work that out, but, uh, you know, there's so many good things about Toronto playing with the team, obviously so, so good, but, um, yeah, we just felt like this was the, the better thing. I figured you could find a bar or two to play guitar in, in Toronto. I thought more went into the process than just that people get a little bit wild out there in this market, but, uh, during those contract negotiations, do you just let your agent handle that? Or are you involved? And also were you just talking to Dubis or was there some interaction with Brendan Shanahan at all? And did you feel his presence around there very much? Um, yeah, I talked to Shani a few times. Uh, you know, we had some great conversations while I was there and such. But uh, for the negotiation, yeah, it was mainly held through my agent and, and you know, the back and forth um, through them. And, you know, it's unfortunate it didn't work out. You know, it is such a special place to play. But, you know, for my family, myself, it just ended up being, um, you know, the right fit for us. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, could be happy where I am now. Was it was it ever close to you resigning? Um, it was a tough decision for sure. Um, yeah, I don't think it was, um, yeah, I think for, for a while there, we, you know, we strongly considered it as possible, but, uh, you know, I ended up you know, being the best in for it. Sorry if my kids are, it's all good. Loud. I, don't know, I don't know if you can hear them or not, but they're, <laughs> they're going nuts. Yeah, I'm used to it. That's life sometimes. So it leads us to Saturday night and, and a big reason why we got you on, obviously you're, you return a smaller sample size. I think this is Shenner's like 15th return to Toronto. We're going to interview him <laughs> coming up, but Scotiabank arena, uh, your return to Toronto. Uh, what do you think that experience would be like? Um, it's always weird. It's always weird going to a former team. And, you know, even this, earlier this year, we went to St. Louis, which was, you know, a weird thing in itself. But, You're chopping uh, some back. onions there, eh? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. They always did a great, uh, great tribute there, which was awesome. Um, you know, when you look at like the numbers and the games they played in Toronto, it wasn't that actually many, but it, you know, it feels like, you know, for me, it feels like I spent a lot of time there. We just, yeah. you know, the emotions of it and, um, you know, winning a playoff series there, being a part of that, um, you know, it's, it's a short time, but it's a very uh, impactful time in my career. So it will be different. Um, you know, again, you know, growing up there, have so much family and friends and such. It'll be, uh, you know, it's always cool going back playing there. And we always talk about former players or at least players from Ontario as well, coming into Toronto and always lighting it up against the Maple Leafs. Um, are you going to be extra jazzed to go back there considering you are from Ontario and it's your return after playing for that team? Is that something that's going to be on your mind a little bit? You killed uh, them like two yeah. weeks ago too, didn't you? You killed them when you played them the first time, right? <laughs> always, you did. Well, that was a big win for us. That's for sure. But uh <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I think everyone, you go into there, you want to have success, you want to make something happen. But uh, yeah, for myself, it's just, you know, you got to get into uh, the competitiveness of the game and, and hopefully, you know, you're effective. But 
you know, I went to I went to high school there uh, in Scarborough, Cardinal Newman for for a little time. That's where I ended up meeting my wife and such. And you know, my mom's one of fourteen. I grew up in Toronto, so I just, it is special going there. And I have a lot of friends and tons of family in the crowd every time. So definitely have a little extra in the tank for that one. And uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be trying to high step around there. What was your favorite part about uh, being a Maple Leaf? Um, I think something I really enjoyed, um, was just, you know, where I'm from is about, you know, two and a half hours west of Toronto and small town Seaforth, Ontario. And, you know, I think everyone's always supported me throughout my career, but, you know, once I, you know, was putting on that Maple Leaf jersey, I was playing for their team too. And it's, it's crazy just you know, the people that come out of the woodwork and, you know, people stop my family, you know, whenever I see them and want to break down the, the line combos and what's going on with the PK and such. And like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like it's so much more than just, just a game and getting to see that firsthand. And, you know, even when, you know, this summer going back there, just the people, the, you know, how much they just love it, love the Leafs and, and being a part of it. And that was, um, yeah, it was just crazy to see how much, you know, beyond just a game of hockey it is and was that overwhelming being there more than you thought it would be as far as people asking for jerseys and tickets and like you said coming out of the woodworks I remember that and I'm not even from the area and just people from like high school that you barely talk to or like think there's a, a a rack full of my jersey I can just grab at any point in time and it's just like I can't imagine for you being from there was that was that more than you thought it was going to be um yeah, it definitely was a lot. You can see everyone was just, yeah, everyone's asking for tickets and doesn't realize that you have to pay for them and such. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, it is, uh, yeah, it was a lot too, I think, in that sense of, uh, you know, every time I see my mom, she's got a stack of, you know, anything she can find leaves for handing out to people. And so I don't mean to say a lot, but just uh, definitely uh, above and beyond, uh, you know, especially when you get down here to Nashville, it's a, it's a little different, the, the markets that you're in, but um it's something great about it too though you know having that the people that care about it that much and and want to be involved with it so you know it goes it goes both ways for sure ryan uh we never shit on you for making that decision north uh, should i think anybody make you know shit on you for making that decision is this you like is this ryan o'reilly like is this a perfect play like when you sign in nashville i'm like dan that makes so much sense you're you love the guitar country all that stuff like is this you um yeah i think uh that was a little you know there, there's so many things that came yeah you know came into play like i said a bit before too uh you know i just think i was looking for a bigger role somewhere too and i thought you know obviously this place um a great place to live this is my brother started his career you know lived here up to like three years ago and think about moving back yeah such an easy place to raise a family and you know i, I you know i love the i love the team i love the veteran pieces you know look at our goaltending too mm-hmm. um the young guys, the youth that's coming up, there's some really, really good players. And I think we can build something here too. And, um, you know, there was, yeah, that was, you know, a lot of things that came out of that decision, but um, absolutely loving it. You know, I think uh, we got off to a bit of a slow start, but we're slowly starting to build something and, and uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun and I'm enjoying it. Have you had a chance to uh, wheel down to lower Broadway and play? I know you love playing the guitar. Uh, I'm a big all Dean's guy. Like where, where, where do you head out? Um, I don't head down to Broadway much unless you got like family in town that wants to check it yeah. out. But uh, um, it's funny. People always ask it. Like, I'm not, I'm not that good of a guitar player. People always <laughs> ask, hey, you hop on stage and, you know, get up there and play. I'm like, this is one of the toughest places in the world to jump on stage. Like everyone up there, like they, this is their livelihood. They're doing this, grinding it out every day. You know, I can play a couple little songs here and 
couple little hip songs. That's about it. And, you know, you better get on that stage and you better kill it. So I kind of, uh, yeah, I'm not really jumping, jumping up anywhere. I don't want to embarrass myself and get booed off the stage. Dude, everybody's gooned anyways. You know this. Like, we were in Nashville for the draft in June. It doesn't matter. Like, if you can play Wagon Wheel or Wonderwall, like, you're cooking. Well, what's your go-to song? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, Bob Cajun's little nice. go-to one I love, especially all buddies, Canadian buddies. It's one, uh, you know, it's a pretty good sing-along. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like the Lumineers. Like, Flowers in Your Hair is a good, uh, quick little one that just kind of, uh, you know, gets the people going a little bit. So, that's uh, those are my two, I think. Love it. Uh, we'll leave you on this. Uh, obviously, it was a short time as a Maple Leaf, but you got to win a playoff series, which I think is a lot to say. It's been a long, long time. Uh, what's your read on this team? Like, obviously, you know these guys pretty well, having played with them. Do, do you think they have what it takes? I know you're a Nashville Predator now, but do you think it, they have what it takes, considering you've been through it a couple years back? Oh, absolutely. You know, I look at them one of the most dangerous team, teams in the league, and the, their firepower is, you know, it's unbelievable. They're going to have a chance every year. But, um, yeah, you know, obviously I hope it's my team that's winning. <laughs> not them, but, um, no, it is, uh, it's not easy to win, but definitely, uh, you know, after experience last year and when we were good, seeing how, you know, dominant we can be, I think, um, you know, definitely I think there's so many good pieces there that we'll be able to contend for sure. So hockey player and phenomenal babysitter, Ryan, thank you so much for this, buddy. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I hope they're not too loud. They're just they're on the trampoline attacking each other right now. So. <laughs> There you have it. Uh, fair to say that Ryan O'Reilly's kids are now famous on YouTube. Famous as could be. Yeah, they were uh, They were playing, weren't they? Good interview, yeah. though. That was a lot of fun, man. Like, uh, I, I love, like, I told you this before they got Ryan O'Reilly last year. Like, he is one of my favorite players in the, in, in the league. Uh, on the ice, off the ice, just really, really respectable, uh, honest dude, humble dude. And then on the ice, I mean, he's your prototypical player. He won a consummate trophy. Like his DNA was all over the big time goals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He had the Leafs number in the first game. I'm looking forward to watching that game on Saturday night. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, good to see him. And yeah, he he was a tough loss to not be able to re-sign him. He was, you know, a pretty uh, a pretty detrimental player to that mm -hmm. uh, to that to that roster last year and a big reason why they did get to the second round and uh, no one really had it in the second round, but like you can see from that interview, he's, he's one of the salt of the earth guys. We got, we got a uh, Luke Shen coming up tomorrow too. That was a bit of a longer interview, but a lot of chirps thrown his way. Yeah. We got a little looser with Lukey. So look forward to that tomorrow. Back to back jacks on the big interviews asking these guys why they're not Maple Leafs anymore, but uh, man, O'Reilly really dodged your one on how close it was to him recently. Man, I, it's funny watching it back. So I was like cutting the interview last night. I'm like, I'm known for asking like questions like that. Even in my time at Sportsnet, people are like, man, like, how do you like, I don't know. You just got to ask tough questions. And I just, I do it sometimes just for the reaction. Like I send you gifts of myself all the time, which is the most serial killer move of all time. But that one of me rolling my eyes uh, working at Sportsnet, that was me asking Tom Fitzgerald, the AGM at the time of the New Jersey Devils, if they'd be open to trading PK Subban. I, I just, I just like doing it. Um, but again, these guys are so trained. He didn't really give nothing on that. eh? No, he, he probably wasn't really ready for it, but I mean, it sounds, I mean, question. me sounds like, no, we were not close. Like they offered this and they offered that we weren't even close. I moved on. Like that's what it yeah. sounded like to me. And so what happens when you're up against the cat, man, it was a fair question though. No. Oh yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Why, why can't you ask that? 
No, I know. I just sometimes, again, people are like, oh, like, I don't know. You always wonder about the perception from players. I mean, you're a former player. I didn't go outside left field with a question. It's fair. No, who gives a shit? Yeah. Were you close I to like playing that. with Toronto or not? No big deal. I don't I don't mind any of that stuff. I'm pretty open book too, though. If he can answer it, he will. If he wants to, he will. If not, he'll do what he did. It's all it's all good. I don't mind that stuff. You're not like, there, yeah. There's option C. There's option C, not to give too much of a spoiler. There's the answer Luke Shen gave on, on tomorrow's show. <laughs> True. <laughs> I asked the same question to Luke Shen. So tune in to uh, Friday's edition, at least one to take to see his answer on that front. Meantime, brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the best sportsbook operator of the year and best in-place sports operator awards. The game starts now. So the Battle of Ontario 2.0. A couple things we're looking at. Claude Giroux is going to pick up a point, right? Like we're at that belief that he's getting at least a point tonight, right? Well, they usually do when they come back, and and he's one of the front runners for that. He seems to do it all the time. So, yeah, that'd probably be a good bat. So that's one of them. Uh, the other thing I like is an Austin Matthews anytime goal. You know he has 23 goals in 30, 30 career games against Ottawa? Wow. No, I think we like went over this last year. He's yeah. he's hot on the sends for sure. He must get really jacked up for the Battle of Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> I love that convo we had yesterday. I'm like, is the Battle of Ontario dead? And then I... I'm watching like other media outlets and they they piggybacked off us because it's true. I mean, we want to hype it up all we want, but like it's fucking dead. This is another game. <laughs> Pretty much. But, yeah. you know, they, they definitely want to win it. And yeah. I mean, they know that they're going to be coming in hot. At least I hope they do. So it's probably a uh, more important game for those guys. And like you say, G's going to come in. He feels comfortable around here and he's going to be buzzing as well. So I don't mind the anytime point with him. Justin writes in uh, Domi anytime. Okay, okay, I can live with that. He's got his first goal in the season. But, uh, oh, Hurt Locker 66, Matthews for the trick tonight. Believe it or not, I think that's actually a really good bet for Matthews this year. When If you think he's going to score to take him more than a goal, you know what I mean? Take him for two goals or three goals. Because it seems like every game, you know, he scores, it's, it's more than one goal. Like, I think he scores in bunches. And that's why I think he's going to get red hot here. He had two last game, right? He does score in bunches for sure. So, yeah, yeah if you're going to um, jump on that a little bit heavier, the value would go through the roof for multiple goals or a hattie. My goodness, I don't know what, this, what the odds of that would be, but you'd be getting massive value, and he is a guy that can get a bunch at one time. I'm going to stick out my, non, my, my, long, <laughs> my long neck. Say that again. Leafs in regulation. Leafs in regulation. I'm on fire. I'm going to keep it going. A Leafs regulation victory. That's my call. My final call. Leafs and reg for a team that loves going to <laughs> overtime. All right. All right. Here you go. That's uh, we'll see. I don't think it's a bad bet. Um, I'm hoping they're ready. And yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do on that. I like the ones we talked about. I don't know about yeah. the outcome yet. Uh, yeah. Leafs win for sure though. No, to be fair. I mean, that is the proper bet. Cause you'll get plus money on it is to bet for this game to go to OT. So three-way yeah. tie. That's your yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm sticking my neck out. Leafs in regulation. Like they got five and fucking 22. Let's let's win one in regulation. The Battle of Ontario, it's back, Rosie. I like it. And that's not going to last forever. So there's a reason to think they'll get one done in reg here tonight. Okay. So after our fight, like 20 minutes ago, we've made up here. Okay. Yeah, we were pretty heated there for a while. Oh, we were so heated. People love that. I'm like, maybe it's made up. Maybe we actually weren't disagreeing. No, it's, I think it's good for the show. Good stuff, Rosie. Uh, so we'll reconvene on Friday. We'll break down this game, the Battle of Ontario 2.0. We'll look ahead to the uh, matchup with Nashville. And, and Luke Shen's coming on. So great stuff today, buddy.
Yeah, it'll be good. We'll see you guys tomorrow. My last show with this computer. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Let's have the a lagging, ceremony. The lagging might go away. Let's have a ceremony. We'll light it on fire in, uh, in this room here. <laughs> so that's how tomorrow's podcast is going to end. Friday's podcast will end with Rosie blowing up his computer and then his screen will just go black. You don't know if he's alive or he's gone. That'd be fun, actually. They might yeah, want it back, no, I- though. I think you're on to something. I want to thank the Nashville Predators as well for setting up that interview with Ryan O'Reilly, the fact that he himself for coming on, producer Aaron, uh, everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401, at the Leafs Nation 401. If you haven't subscribed just yet, hit, it with, hit us with a like, a review. Um, you know, Subscribe wherever you find your podcast as well. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. And finally, some Maple Leafs hockey. Enjoy it. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.